Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. In the last few weeks, you've heard me talk a lot about Lake Washington near Chatham, Mississippi. I was down here one weekend, loved it so much, come down in a media camp to uh, do some crappie fishing. Well, they were having a crappie tournament the very next weekend. So I turned around and came right back. I liked it so well. But it's beautiful 7,000-acre lake here right off the Mississippi River. And this is actually an old oxbow lake of about 7,000 acres, some tremendous crappie, bluegill, and catfishing here. But with me on the program today is Mark and Gannon Hamberland. Mark is a lifetime resident of this area. I think you like it. Oh, I love it. Wow. It's a beautiful, beautiful lake, beautiful place. And hey, we were out on the lake this morning, had a little bit of luck, but tomorrow we're going to get after something that's near and dear to my heart. Bluegills. Big bluegills. Yes, sir. I absolutely love them. Well, Mark, I'd like to back up with you. You're quite a historian. You've toured me around Washington County a little bit, and we've seen some very neat things. And I keep saying I just love this area because it reminds me so much of home, just a few hours up the Mississippi River from Mississippi County, Missouri. But, uh, hey, we're down in Mississippi State near Greenwood. A lot of you may recognize that name. But, uh, Mark, you cut your teeth fishing in this area. Uh, yes, grew Grew up uh, hunting and fishing with my father uh, on Lake Washington, uh, and and have had fond memories of it in my travels of the world. And you know, came back and um, and and just this is home. No place like home. Absolutely. Well, you got a young man with you here as a son, Gannon, and uh, Gannon's quite a fisherman as well. Yes, sir. Where did he learn that? Uh, well, you know, he picked a lot of it up on his own. He's got some natural talent to him, <laughs> uh, but you know, he's fourteen and and. We were there was a crappie masters uh, tournament here on the lake, and he and I was fishing with somebody else, and he said, "Dad, I, I, for my birthday, I'd like to fish a crappie tournament." Uh, so the next weekend, they had a crappie tournament on Grenada Lake, um, and we went, and we didn't do so good, and uh, the weather was horrible, and oh lord, it took me another year to talk myself into fishing another tournament. Um, yeah, I bet. But he got he was addicted at that point. I mean, he he, he was <laughs> saw uh, what it's all about. Oh right? yeah, the, you know the camaraderie, the the fellowship. Um, and, and just being on the water outdoors. You um, betcha. Well, Gannon, you're a big strapping guy, 15 years old? Oh, well, just about. Almost 15, man. And so it, is fishing your favorite thing to do? Yeah, I enjoy fishing and hunting with my dad a lot. And about how old were you when you first started fishing? I don't really know. I guess that's more of a question to ask my dad. <laughs> you, you were about seven. About seven. Yeah, about seven. Seven or eight, yeah. Wow. Well, I can tell just by your attitude out on, on the lake, you're you're pretty serious about the fishing game. Because uh, I know, I watched you pretty close a couple times. I've been out on the boat with you. And you know all the equipment. You know how to run the equipment. And, I th well, there's a little discussion between your dad, you and your dad about running the boat. But you do know how to do it, correct? Yes, uh, I do. I've, yeah, I've, I've watched you around the boat, and I'm sure he's a big help on the boat. Yes, sir. All right. And you guys have got... Uh, 
DD214? DD214. DD214 Guide Service. Now, what's that all about? Uh, it's, that's a weird name. Well, it, that's the document you get from the military when you get discharged. Is a I know DD-214. a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I spent six years in the Army, um, got out, uh, joined the civilian sector, and, and, you know, worked in corporations, worked my way up in, in corporations to the point to where I ran them and things of that nature. And, and I wanted to be able to give back because uh, – you know, fishing saved my life. When I got out of the military, if I didn't have hunting and fishing to fall back on, I don't know where I'd be. I, well, um, there's a lot of us following that same boat. Yeah. But you've gone a little bit further than that. Right. What I did was I started a free guide service for disabled veterans. If you're a disabled vet uh, and you want to get out here on the water, give me a call. We'll get you out here in the water. And, it, and, and I don't charge you to take you fishing. Uh, wow. And we're, we're just now starting up, so we're not, you know, I have a dream of being able to get them down here and put them in lodging and, and no out-of-pocket expenses. But as it stands right now, you know, I'm, I'm pulling out of retirement and pensions and things of that nature to, to cover the, the expenses and things. But, you know, they still have a responsibility to get down here, and, and we try to help them out with discount lodging and things of that nature. So my dream's in its infancy, uh, but I want more. Well, there's a lot of big things that have started just as dreams. Yes, you know, my own own business here, I've been flabbergasted over the decades. It's how just a, a little bitty dream of a little bitty boy, you know, started. Basically, I knew from the time I was seven or eight years old that I wanted to be in. Back then, we called them outdoor writers. Today, you're outdoor communicators, you know, and I've yeah. been in several facets of outdoor communication. But it all started uh, with an inspiration, you know, of course, my dad was a big fisherman. In fact, he, he and one other guy, Brother Bennett, we call them, were, were the, uh, the fishermen of Mississippi County, Missouri. They'd catch fish when nobody else did. And my dad was an inspiration, but I hated to fish with him because he always outfished me, you know. <laughs> and, but he did teach me a lot of good things. And, of course, he was a World War II veteran and a cotton farmer, just good old basic American, you know. And that's why this place down here, even the attitude you people have, the hospitality, right? me so much of what Mississippi County, Missouri was when I when I grew up, you know. So I love it down here. I think you figured that out. But your your guide service, and you say you're in your infancy. But I was on a boat with you the other day with a couple of veterans. Uh, I know people would love to hear that story. Yes, sir. I had I had two vets that had fished together for 35 years, and. The two of them on fishing trips that the two of them had gone on, they had gone on 2,400 fishing trips together in 35 years. That is incredible. Have you ever known of two guys to fish that long together and go on that many trips? I can't think of spouses that have gone on that many fishing trips. (laughs) (laughs) Where they both survived? Yeah, I am. (laughs) But that was just incredible. And and sitting to watch those guys and listen to them, you could just tell they loved each other. just like brothers, you know. But what an experience it had to be. For them to is that the first time you fished with those guys? Yes, sir. it uh, is. Yes, that was. Oh, wow. I, had, I had met them the day before. Really, uh, they had come in town, and uh, we hit it off immediately. Of course, you know, being a vet, you've got instant camaraderie, irregardless oh, of what that, branch you were in or what rank. Mutual you have. respect. Yeah, I, I don't care if you're a PFC in the army or if you're a four-star general when you got out. We're going to treat you the same amount of respect, exactly as as one or the other, because you're a civilian now. You, that's and what what we try to do is try to get you out of your own mind while you're on the water and 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 there's no drinking or anything on the boat you're just out in the outdoors fishing and having fun 
And I don't care what your rank was. I don't, I, we, we're not there to trade raw stories. I'm there to help you get readjusted or, or to have somebody to talk to. Because I would rather spend six hours on the water with you than to spend six hours at your funeral. Oh, that is absolutely true. And we all know that there's a, quite a few programs like this going on across the country today. And they are great programs. But you know what? There's not near enough of them. Yeah. And, and some of them, some of them are geared more towards amputees or people who have, you know, uh, uh, shrapnel or brain damage injuries, things of that nature. You know, Wounded Warrior Project and Trey right. Atkins and uh, Gary Sinise and them. And I think that's wonderful. But there's a huge disconnect between those vets and, and a guy who served in Afghanistan and had to go door to door in urban combat and is having trouble readjusting. Exactly, and, and I know it's difficult for the general public to even get a grasp of this because, you know, I, now these figures, I guess, were true back in the Vietnam days, but they taught us as young officers that uh, they told us that perhaps only 1% of soldiers ever went into actual combat, and for every soldier there were 10 or 12 people supporting him. But if you're one of the, that, you know, 1% that goes into actual combat and you experienced the tragedies and the traumas, and uh, it's it's like society f- ever since America started, and I'm sure it was before then, warriors were highly respected, you know, but you came back to your country or your community or whatever, and everybody has always expected you just to meld back back into yeah. society. Or, or you That's a huge get, demand. Yeah, or you need to get over it or or, or, or this, that, and the other. And, and, you know, this you didn't get a paper cut at the office. You didn't accidentally staple your finger in the automatic staple machine. This isn't something you can just wish away. This is something you have to work through. And you need help working through it. And, you know, mental health has been stigmatized negatively to the point to where, you know, it used to be 22 a day and now it's 33, 34, you know, 44 suicides a day for veterans. And that's too many. Way too many. Of course, you and I both believe that one is too many. But when you're talking numbers like that, I mean, that's not a year yeah, that's, that's per a, day. That's per day. And that's productive young men and women to, that we're losing from our society. And you and I, yeah, we look at them as heroes. You know, they may not get a Medal of Honor or anything like that. But we know that they believed in the United States and freedom enough. And most of them have joined the military. These are not draftees. Yeah. And they have joined the military. And, of course, there's all kinds of personal reasons to join the military. Maybe they're wanting wanting uh, college money. Maybe the, maybe dad and grandpa were in the military. But they have a sense of, of what would you call it? Camaraderie. Camaraderie yeah. and responsibility to the country. Yeah. And that seems old-fashioned to a lot of people, but it's still a lot. You know, I, I boy, just every time I see a young man or young lady in uniform, I you know, I literally choke up. You know, because I'm on a couple of websites that I look at every day. I never, ever want to forget. And, you know, we see the young men and women who lost their lives in the military. And, and boy, you get to see a picture of them. And it tells a little description what happened to them and where they were. And, boy, it's just it's a part of my daily life. Yeah. And it will be to the day I die. And I it's, a, it's a part of every veteran's daily life. Yeah, now that, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, yeah, maybe I get busy and I miss a day once in a while, but they never miss a day. Yeah. I mean, it's with them 
for the rest of their lives. And, of course, some handle it better than others. But to kind of back to your program, yeah, you can't take care of every vet. I can't take care of every vet. Your son can't take care of every vet. But each and every one of us can do a little bit. Yeah, if everybody does a little bit, it turns into a lot. It it really does. And it's just like, well, or that's the way we were taught, you know, uh, of course, I went to a little country school, and we said the Pledge of Allegiance every day, and, and I've just been flabbergasted being here in Mississippi the last couple of weeks with you guys. You know, we've had lots of meals together. Uh, there's always the Pledge of Allegiance. Somebody says a prayer, and man, you know what? That sets the tone for the whole camp. Yeah. It, it really does, and I'm just so impressed that people still care enough and believe enough in the United States, still believe in God, and uh uh, doing these great things but again a spin off of that and I, I have to believe that your religious beliefs has a little bit to do with what you're doing yes uh well you you, you know i was raised baptist uh, and i got away from the church for a while or i got away from the bible for a while i should say um that's and, not and, unusual yeah and 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 you know, I woke up one day and I'm like, you know, I ought to be dead. I shouldn't have survived the things I survived. I've made so many mistakes in my life, and I'm here solely by the grace of God. That's it. And exactly. no other reason, not luck, not not anything. I'm alive today by the grace of God. And so what can I do to finally start giving back for everything I've been given. I have wonderful children. I've got a wonderful wife. I own my home. I have a boat. I have a truck. I have I would say I have my health, but I'm a disabled vet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still kicking. Yeah, I'm still alive and kicking there. Um, but, you know, I am so blessed. And, and your blessings depend on your upbringing. You know, there's people who live in New York to where you're only blessed if you make $2 million a year. You know, I couldn't survive in New York City. I couldn't, I couldn't handle either. the traffic. I, I break out in beehive sweats when I drive through Memphis. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, that's not for me. Uh, and I like the simple life. I, I Like I said, I've worked my way up and ran companies. I made a name for myself, you know, and all that. And I realized none of it mattered because I was a failure as a father. I was a failure as a human being. And, and and that's not what I wanted to be remembered for. I didn't want to be remembered as a as a as a veteran. I didn't want to be remembered as a as a failure. I didn't want to be remembered as a successful businessman. The only opinions that matter are my kids. What do my kids think of me? When they look at me, do they look at me and say, I want to be like him? Or do they look at me and go, I'm gonna do everything in my power to not be be like he was right and and that's a rude awakening for a parent it, it really is but you have to understand this uh, you're a very personal character and it's easy for you to make friends and we've become close friends oh yeah well see i don't know anything about your background i don't care about all that i care about who you are now yeah. and i see the example you're setting you got your son gannon and that sweet little daughter of yours oh yeah uh, oh my <laughs> goodness she's a little angel and i've just fallen in love with her but you know what they're a reflection of their environment yeah. they're a reflection of the people who are teaching them and raising them right. so Brother, you've got a tremendous amount to be proud of and thankful for, and I, I, I know it's all there, and uh, you're doing great things. Yeah. So where do you see uh, your program, DD214, going in the future? I, I would love to see it grow, and I didn't copyright the name because I would love for this to go nationwide. I would love for there to be a DD214 of Arkansas where somebody got the ministry on their heart 
that, hey, I want to do something to give back. And it can be a disabled vet. I've got five grand tied up in my boat. You know, it, uh, pont- old pontoon boats aren't expensive, and you throw a new wood floor in it, and you're ready to go. It, you don't have to get a $90,000 uh, boat, boat to do to this. Do this. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, you can't do this out of, a, out of a big bass boat because disabled vets liable to fall out of that bad boy. Exactly. But... You know, it would be great if, hey, you know, Fort Smith, Arkansas, for, and I'm just throwing names right. out there, has a large veteran population, and they, I think they have a VA hospital up there. Uh, there's lakes there, and and you've got John with, with uh, Crappie Magnet up there, and, you know, he loves to do things for vets and, and stuff of that nature. I'm sure he would, you know, somebody in Arkansas could sit down and talk with him and say, hey, you know, what can we do? And And somebody could do something. Exactly. Um, well, if I, people want to get involved in this pro- program, uh, I'm sure you would talk to them. How would they get a hold of you and go about that? Uh, you can contact me through uh, my cell phone, which is 662-822-6773. Or you can contact uh, Mike Jones at, at uh, Bait and Things. And I don't remember that number off the top of my head. But uh, Mike, you, could, Mike could get, you know, he'd get in touch with me too. Sure. And, and you can look that up. And, of course, Mike has a great heart for veterans as well. And we just went through a program Yesterday, a big event, a big mama crappie and bass tournament. Yeah. There were vets here, and uh, just a tremendous program. Man, I was so impressed uh, yesterday morning when that color guard come marching off down the parking lot, down the ramp stairs, and out on a little dock here and presented the colors yeah. to start a fishing tournament. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that done before. Welcome to the South. <laughs> <laughs> I got Hey, that's a great ending, Bart Gannon. It's been great to have you guys on the program, and I'm gonna get to go out with you guys tomorrow and catch some big fat bluegill. You, you got to complete go, with Stacy tomorrow. Well, though, so, hey, you know, buddy, I, I, you tell Stacy I am ready for her, son. <laughs> it's gonna be on. So, but anyway, folks. We're living the dream down here in Mississippi on uh, Lake Washington here. Made some new friends, having a great time. But I always encourage you to be sure and make the best effort to try to live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper 
an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.